Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever it is that you are listening to this. Welcome to Hormone Bestie. I am Erin, your host in your Hormone Health BFF, and this is the podcast for you if you are just trying to figure out your hormones, you're trying to figure out your fertility, you want to feel better and feel more in tune with your body, this is the place for you. Today, we are talking about your menstrual cycle and digestion, but specifically, we're going to be talking about stomach acid. Today's episode is going to be a little bit shorter, but it is for sure going to be kind of dense in the information. So we're going to break it apart the best that we can, but this is kind of a deep topic. Like honestly, there's a lot of information in here to go over. So we are breaking it down. We are just going over the basics. You want more like fine tuned information. If you want to dig deeper into this, you can always reach out to me and we can talk about what that would look like. But for now, we're just going over the basics so that you have an idea of how your stomach acid is affecting your cycle and your digestion, because a lot of us don't really think about this and we're not really taught to think about this. If you have always had tummy issues, like your girl has, for sure, it honestly seems like everyone these days is experiencing some sort of GI issue. Now, as a quick reminder, these podcasts are for educational purposes only and are not meant to be used as personalized um, advice or guidance or anything like that. Let's jump into it. Like I said, it seems like everyone is experiencing some sort of GI issue, which honestly, when we really think about it, is that so surprising with the state of our food, our environment, and just general chaos? These days, we have very little variety in our food, partially due to food choices, but also because of things like food costs and finances. And many people are in constant fight or flight mode, and we are literally always trying to fight the effects of our ever-changing environment and adaptation. Not to mention... The advice that most people are given is just to cut out major food groups like wheat or dairy or FODMAPs, which might not actually be helping the problem and could end up making the problem worse. Or they're told to cut out these foods for such a long time and never add them back in, which is honestly horrible advice. Or they're told to just take Miralax or antacids, which isn't even helping the root cause. And sometimes people are just trying to throw a million probiotics at their gut. Probiotics without regard for what kind of probiotic you need, without lifestyle modifications such as sleep and stress management, and certainly without eating enough, aren't going to make that big of a difference. You might be wondering to yourself right now, why is this hormone health and fertility dietitian talking about gut health? Which is actually a really great question. So I don't want you to feel bad if you are thinking that. You should always be questioning the sources of your information. But your gut has a huge effect on your hormones. Partially because a number of hormones are actually produced and released in the gut. But also because if we aren't digesting and absorbing and utilizing the food that we eat, we aren't getting the full nutrition that we need from our food. So that means that we have to make sure we are breaking it down well actually getting it into our bodies and using it efficiently, which is sometimes easier said than done. But one of the biggest aspects of our gut health that can affect our body's ability to digest food well is our stomach acid. You may have heard before that your stomach is one of the most acidic environments. The pH, which stands for potential of hydrogen or power of hydrogen, although apparently y'all there is some controversy over this, (laughs) but ultimately it's a measure of the acidity. The pH of hydrochloric acid, which is the acid in our stomachs, is generally about 1 to 2. To give you an idea of what that actually means, battery acid is a 0, and lemon juice or vinegar is generally around a 2. But stomach acid is essential for the breakdown and digestion of food. When we think about digestion, we have mechanical digestion and chemical digestion. 
Mechanical is what it sounds like. It's the actual chewing of our food. It's our stomach kind of churning our food. But chemical is where our stomach acids and enzymes come into play. So bear with me for just a second. We have a main enzyme in digestion, which is called pepsin. Now, pepsin is largely responsible for breaking down protein. But pepsin gets released in a form called pepsinogen, which requires an acidic environment to become pepsin, the enzyme, and to do its job. So it's like a lumberjack going into the woods to chop trees, but they left a cover on their axe. So they can't actually do anything with it until they take that cover off and it's sharp enough to start breaking shit down. So we kind of have to take the cover off the enzyme so that it can also do its job and start breaking down the protein. When we start to not have enough of an acidic environment, it can really play a role on our overall digestion. When we have poor digestion like this, it can lead to vitamin and mineral deficiencies because our bodies aren't getting what they need from the food that we eat, which can then turn into your body feeling extra stressed and trying to cope and your body not getting the nutrition that it needs to support healthy hormone function, which includes your stress response, by the way. And one of the causes of low stomach acid is already poor nutrition. Some signs and symptoms of low acidity can be indigestion, undigested food in your stools, constipation, bloating, diarrhea, soreness or burning in your mouth, cramping, nausea, and heartburn. Before you go off diagnosing yourself, remember that these GI symptoms can apply to so many things. So make sure to talk to your dietitian or doctor if you are having any concerns at all. But one of the symptoms that may really surprise you, I think, is heartburn. Because a lot of the time, when people think of heartburn, they think of too much stomach acid, which can play a role for some people, but this is why it's important to look at the potential causes and figure out what is actually going on with you. So let's chat about some of the potential causes, because I think that they might surprise you. So one potential cause can be nutrient deficiencies. Your body needs adequate iron, zinc, and B vitamins to make enough stomach acid. Similarly, lower nutrient levels due to smoking and alcohol use can also have an impact here. Another cause is chronic stress, and I know that you feel it. Chronic stress can also cause a decrease in stomach acid production over time, and I think that the whole world is feeling stressed right now, and so this is something that could honestly apply to so many people. Get ready for this next one because it's a biggie. (laughs) Taking antacids and proton pump inhibitors or PPIs excessively or over a long period of time or longer than recommended. So if you are popping some of these every single night before bed or every time you drink, it could actually be making the problem worse. Antacids literally work by neutralizing the acid in the stomach and inhibiting the enzyme pepsin that we talked about earlier. And PPIs work by decreasing how much acid is pumped into the stomach. So if you're constantly taking these for heartburn, Over time, they could be making your problem worse by disabling your body's ability to digest food well and quickly enough, resulting in feeling too full and further acid reflux. This is just another reason why addressing the root cause is so important. Of course, talk with your doctor before starting or stopping any medication, but also know that there are lifestyle and nutrition answers to heartburn and reflux depending on what the root cause is. So it can also be a really helpful idea to chat with your dietitian about this. Next is Helicobacter pylori, or H. pylori as it is commonly known, which is a bacterial infection that people can get in their stomachs. This is a very common cause of stomach ulcers, and a lot of people actually don't know that they have it until they get a stomach ulcer. But bacteria actually makes an enzyme called urease, which can neutralize the acid in your stomach, leading to further low acidity. 
Hypothyroid is another condition that can contribute to low stomach acid. One that I don't think we talk about very often, especially when we talk about like hypothyroid and stuff like that. It's such a common diagnosis in people and we don't always really recognize what an effect it is having on our stomach acid. But this is because the thyroid plays a role in the secretion of the hydrochloric acid that is in our stomachs. So when we start to think about what to do for this, it's really important that we understand the root cause because if it's your thyroid versus taking antacids versus an H. pylori infection, obviously there are different routes to take. So when we talk about nutritional solutions in just a moment, remember that these are general suggestions at aiding your body in producing adequate acid to break down and use your food more appropriately. If you are concerned that there is a deeper issue, such as H. pylori or hyperthyroid, these are things to reach out to your doctor about and also let your dietitian know again because nutrition can play such a big role in both of these conditions. But for now, let's chat about some realistic steps that you can take to improve your stomach acid and digestion. So we're going to talk about a few smaller ways to make this happen and leave our big ticket item for last, okay? Number one, we have to start chewing our food. If you are constantly distracted when you are eating or you feel like you don't enjoy your food when you're eating or you notice that your plate is empty in five minutes, this could be a sign that you are not chewing your food well enough. And to be completely honest with y'all, I think a lot of people don't chew their food well enough. I think we do live in a distracted world. We're constantly eating on the run. We're trying to eat so quickly because we have other stuff to do and we aren't taking the time to actually chew our food well and enjoy it. Your food should be like a baby food or applesauce consistency by the time you actually swallow it. The digestion process actually starts in your mouth. When you are chewing your food, your body sends signals to your stomach to start producing acid. So if you don't take long enough to actually chew, your tum-tum is not going to have enough time to get ready for this food. Number two is making sure that you're getting enough zinc in your diet. Like we talked about, getting enough zinc is a really big deal for making sure that you have enough stomach acid because it plays a role in that function. Good sources of zinc are foods like oysters, beef, nuts and seeds such as cashews, beans, yogurt, and fortified breakfast cereals. Now, a lot of people hear advice like this and they think, oh my gosh, I need to start taking a zinc supplement. And I actually don't suggest that. Zinc taken in excess over time can result in a copper deficiency because they compete for absorption. So generally, I do not suggest that people take a zinc supplement and rather focus on getting zinc from their whole food sources like we talked about a moment ago. Number three, ginger. We talked about ginger in the last episode too, so it's one of my favorites. It has so many amazing benefits, and we talked about in the last podcast with regards to things like period pain and cramping, but actually ginger, along with other bitter foods and digestive bitters, can help your body to produce enough stomach acid. Other bitter foods include foods like arugula, kale, dandelion greens, and green tea. These can all be really good options, and so eating some of these bitter foods prior to eating your meal can just help your body start to produce enough stomach acid so that it digests your meal better. Number four is to drink something with a small amount of acid prior to eating to help increase with the acidity in our stomach and encourage the production of acid. So really this is just like a little bit of lemon and some warm water. There's always people who swear by drinking warm lemon water in the morning to get their digestion going and this could be the reason for that. Okay and number five this is the big one. We have to get our stress under control and get enough sleep. We can make all the nutrition changes in the world, but if these two things are out of whack, it's not going to help that much. We have to do the basics first. 
There are a lot of things that we can do for stress management, but one that I will always encourage is to do what I call the not-so-fun stress management. This is the stress management that gives you anxiety just thinking about doing it. Maybe because it overwhelms you, or maybe because you've been putting it off. You might be thinking, why would I do something that makes me anxious if I'm trying to decrease my stress? Because chances are, tough love here. It makes you nervous because you need to get it done. This happens to me a lot, okay? A very specific example is going to the post office or mailing something. I know it might sound crazy, it sounds small, but it feels like a lot to me. I have to get the right package. I have to make sure the mailing address is right. I have to take said package to the post office, wait in line, answer all of the questions while my hands are literally sweating because I hate it so much, and then pay, usually an outrageous amount, just to ship it. It's such a simple task that we have literally been doing for hundreds of years, and yet it makes me shaky, uncomfortable, and I will put it off for days. This might feel like a minor example, but I think that we all have something like this in our lives. But here's the thing. Once it's done, I feel a million times better. It's the thinking about it, dreading it, being overwhelmed by it for a week that kills me. When really, if I just get it done, I don't have to deal with that extra stress. We only have so much control in this world. We can't fix everything around us. We can't be perfect or make the world perfect, but we do have control over some things. So think about whatever it is that makes you feel this way. Maybe it's budgeting or meal planning or prepping so that you actually have healthier food ready to eat and you aren't stressing out about it all day just to get takeout. Maybe it's going to therapy to work through some of the emotional stress that is wearing you down. There is something that we could all do that may make us uncomfortable in the moment, but that pays off big time in the long run. Don't be afraid to just make shit happen. Future you will be thankful. You might feel like your tummy issues will never get better. And honestly, I understand that thinking. Sometimes it all just gets to be too much, but it doesn't have to be. The beautiful thing about our bodies being so interconnected, the fact that your hormones affect your gut and your gut affects your thyroid and your thyroid affects your hormones and so on, is that usually by working on one, you are also working on the others. So it's not just what we eat for hormone health. When we eat for hormone health and fertility, We are also eating for our gut health. We are adding variety. We are choosing bitter foods. And we are definitely working to make sure that our meals are not stressful. So while it may feel like we are trying to smash a million pieces of a puzzle together all in the wrong places, we are actually putting the pieces together one by one, looking at each piece really carefully and making sure that it fits in with the big picture. If you ever feel like you get lost in a sea of puzzle pieces around you, I encourage you to take a step back, take a deep breath, or five, And remember that all you can do is your best. Focus on one thing that you can do today. Maybe that is five minutes of being still and quiet with yourself and working on stress relief. Or maybe that's just eating regular meals throughout the day. But before you get overwhelmed, know that you can do this. You are stronger than you could ever know and you got this. And I am wishing you happy hormones and a beautiful week and I can't wait to chat with you next week.